0: Welcome to KGXT, Gen X Talks podcast live from Central California. With the hit the
1: town.
0: done. Hey, welcome to another interview. Yeah, Gen X Talks podcast broadcasting. Well, we're not broadcasting. We're recording live from the KGXT studios, 200 feet below occupied California in the Central Valley. I promised you guys we'd have some more interviews and and we do. And they're always better when they're in person. I get the Zoom call thing. The Zoom call thing doesn't quite get it done, does it? It's always better when someone's here because then they're, they're right in your face. And if they say something offensive to hurt my feelings and make me cry, I can jump across the table and wrestle them to the ground and make them eat sardines for half an hour. And don't think I won't do it. I got a pack of sardines in my back pocket ready to go. Hey, so I want just, to just let's just go. Let's just start. If you're ready and you're here, get your beer, get your drink, close the drapes, put the dog out and relax. You got about an hour. You know, if you're not doing anything else, this is where you're supposed to be anyway. All right. So let me just jump right in. You made it. You drove. In. You had to leave early, man, because it's not like exactly four in the afternoon. But you guess is Calder Keene, He's a Coast Guard guy. That's like the least of the things he does, but that's why that's one of the main reasons we we met. We've met once before. We yep. had lunch a while back. You drove down then too, but it was a much easier drive. You had to get up at four in the morning. So tell us a little bit about yourself. First of all, you're in the Coast Guard. Give us your rank and a little bit about what you do there. So
1: I'm in the Coast Guard. I am currently in E6, a Petty Officer First Classed as a Maritime Enforcement Specialist. I've been in the Coast Guard for 13 years. Um, had the opportunity to travel the United States and different parts of the world with the Coast Guard. Um, in between when I'm not working for the Coast Guard, I am a police officer for the Department of Army in beautiful Monterey.
0: Okay, hold on, <laughs> hold on. This now we talked a bit before, but you're catching me off guard here. Your job description is something military in the Coast Guard, anyway. I thought I now I thought you were just military civilian out that dealt with the military.
1: I do both. I so play you have both have a rank,
0: a job title that in- includes military police type of work. Yes. Wow. I did not know that. See, something new every day. All right. So you're in the Coast Guard now. How'd you get there? Give me a little background on where were you born, raised, and how'd you, how'd you get to where you are? So I grew up in a small town outside of Modesto called Oakdale, um,
1: real small town, big country feeling. Um Back in my early 20s, so I was trying to get hired on into law enforcement with multiple sheriff's office, city PDs, um, CHP, and I would make the hiring list, but just wouldn't get picked up for whatever reason. So I wanted to become more desirable in my resume, end up talking to some friends. We discovered the Coast Guard, and it went on from there. 2010 is when I enlisted Um, I wanted to go active duty, but at that time, the economy, everything was really bad.
0: Um, so that do. wasn't your first choice. You weren't trying to go in the Coast Guard. You were, you were trying to get into some sort of law enforcement, and that became just an avenue to get where you wanted to go. Absolutely! Wow, far out, man. Who would have, who in their right mind would have ever thought, hey, law enforcement, law enforcement, law enforcement? Oh, join the Coast Guard. We'll get you right in. You know, <laughs> I, that wouldn't have crossed my mind before. You know, I got to tell you, I have, um, I'm a big fan of the Kevin Costner Coast Guard movie. Oh. Uh, So I I believe after I've, you know, Kevin Costner is in that and Ashton Kircher, I believe you're familiar with that movie. Oh, we are. Um, So I know everything about the Coast Guard, just so you know. I, I, I've, I've watched the movie three times now so I believe I'm all caught up <laughs> I know all there is to know about the Coast Guard I saw the movie it's it's a lot, of, a lot of helicopter and swimming so I get that how much of it is actually that though how much of it is actually uh, where you guys are out rescuing people so we do do a lot of rescuing um,
1: the movie obviously uh, Hollywood got involved <laughs> uh, so there is you're not going to be swinging from a cable 60 feet above the ocean um, and we lost Real world, it's probably gonna be 10, 15 feet because when you hit that water, it's like concrete. Wow. Um, but every day, the Coast Guard is out doing life-saving um, boardings. We're, we are the most probably productive military branch, all of them. And that's not to take away from
0: the Marines or the no, Army. No, it's a different thing, it's especially a, during peacetime. You yes. guys are active even during peacetime. You're fulfilling all the roles all the time. On the average
1: day in the Coast Guard, 365 days a year, we seize around 1.2 thousand pounds of cocaine.
0: You're kidding me. You guys really are the shore patrol. I mean, that's true. You guys really are. I mean, I'm sure the Navy has Navy boats and stuff near near their ports, near their bases and stuff, but... Not not down the rest of California. I don't see Navy boats patrolling the coast of California. So the other branches, uh, in my experience, they typically won't admit
1: it, but they all love the Coast Guard because we are so unique. Being that we're under the Department of Homeland Security, the Navy can call us, we can fly a Coast Guard flag off of one of their boats, and now they can go out and do Coast Guard law enforcement missions Wait a minute. You, with the us.
0: Coast Guard is under Homeland Security?
1: Yes. That's why we are so much smaller. Um, We have a different budget. We have a different mission. That's why we're able to operate the way that
0: we do. I had no idea. I thought you guys were like, okay, and I'm just a dumb mechanic in the middle of the desert. Let's get that out of the way. But I thought that you guys were either your own entity and just had a really small portion of the military budget, or you were actually part of the Navy. That's what I would have assumed. You guys were both in the water. So,
1: being the Coast Guard, we are so unique. So, we can be part of the Navy. In a time of war, um, the Coast Guard can be transferred to the Department of, of Navy. Um, it's happened before. Last time, I believe, it was World War II. Um, if you are in the Coast Guard, you are now part you're of the Navy. Navy. Welcome aboard. Yep, exactly. Um, <laughs> you're still wearing your Coast Guard uniform. You're still doing your Coast Guard missions, but you're doing it in conjunction with the Navy
0: and all of their assets. So, you know, there's a question when you're talking about uh, patrolling, you guys, you guys look at things, you're seizing drugs and things coming into the country up and down the coast. Uh... Are there any? Do you guys have live weapons on your on your cutters and things? You, on your boats, do you guys have? Can you are you authorized to use them? Can you? Um, yes. Um, so everything obviously comes down into the realm of law enforcement whether
1: it meets the requirements of the use of force. Um, the Command of the Coast Guard gives us the guiding principles, which um, short version of it means we're not going to use force if we can carry out our duties without using that
0: force. Right, but you do have what? Okay, let me ask you this: a boat so okay what size boats do you have the patrol what what are they are they are they considered a cutter
1: yes so we have cutters um we have uh 378 footers all the way down to 25 foot boats
0: okay and, and how many of them have mounted weapons not just something you carry but do any of them do any, they all do they all do
1: so the 25 footers can have uh 240 uh, bravo machine guns on them on on the bow, and then they can also have machine guns on the port and starboard
0: si- side. Really? So that's not just a Hollywood thing. That's nope. A, that's a real gig. Um, um,
1: and we have anything going all the way up
0: from uh, uh fifty
1: cal guns to the two forties. Um, you get on some of the bigger sh- ships, they have even even
0: bigger. Uh, I believe it's tw- 25 millimeter. Yeah. Um, you know, a friend of mine was he this was years ago, a friend of mine is this is my coast guard nostalgia story for me. And it's kind of stupid, but a friend of mine years ago we were having a conversation and at that time his story was years old when he was a young man in the coast guard. I didn't know you guys towed vessels in. And he was talking about he goes, "We're on this we were on this the one of the biggest boats the coast guard had." And he says, "I think he said he was in the North Atlantic area." And he goes, the water out there, when the the North Atlantic becomes unforgiving, he said, (laughs) he goes, we were on our way to rescue this boat. He goes, I knew we were going to die. I knew we weren't going to make it to that boat. He says we literally were plunging under the water. This whole boat, the biggest boat the Coast Guard had, and it was getting sideways to where the water—you were almost in the water, nose was in the water. He goes, "There's no way we're going to make it." Then we get out there by some miracle, and they're like, "Well, just throw a line onto that boat and we'll tow it back." He goes, "Are you kidding?" He goes, "We barely made it here. We can't go back at, at no speed, but you guys did it. It was amazing." He said, "He goes, the challenge was turned out to be we—we we, wasn't so much of us." of our big ship going under. He said we were we were pretty good on that. You know, we knew what we could get away with and he uh, it turns out I was the only one nervous cuz everybody <laughs> else had done this before. But he said uh, the challenge was getting those lines hooked up yep to another craft when everybody's bobbing and weaving in, you know, 60-foot waves, getting it connected and not close enough that it would run into us from behind. And they did it. The, the Coast Guard towed that thing all the way in. I when you listen to his story, you're like, how did anybody live through that? But It's just what what you guys do. Now, that they don't show too much in Hollywood. No, they don't.
1: And I think that's the beautiful thing with the Coast Guard is we go out and do these missions every day. Um, That's where the Army, Marines, Navy, when they're here in port, they're training, training, training. Then they go do their mission, and they execute it flawlessly. Right. We train, and then we go do it every single day. So you might might have a, a guy who doesn't have the same level of experience. But that's where the the E fours and E fives and the the coxswains, We're going to mentor yeah. him. We're going to we're the teaching him done it. how to handle that line, how to do it safely, so he doesn't hurt hurt himself or somebody else.
0: Well, he was talking about he was one of the younger guys on the on the ship at the time on the boat, and he was, uh, you know, he goes, I followed orders, but he goes, it was just impressive. Everybody knew what had to be done, and he goes, I just knew. He goes, I, he couldn't tell me enough times he knew he wasn't going to live through that mission. But I don't remember, and I'm sure it's happened. But I don't ever remember. It's not like a headline you hear all the time: Coast Guard ship goes down. In fact, in my lifetime, I've been, I've got 56 laps around the sun. <laughs> I've never heard of a Coast Guard ship going out to save somebody and and dying in the mission. Those you guys are pretty tough about that stuff. Well trained and good equipment, which brings very good. Su- what's
1: that? I said very good equipment.
0: That there, there comes sunny point number two. I had a Marine Corps Staff Sergeant on one of our interviews, and I I was. Questioning him about you know the equipment. Now he's a helicopter mechanic, and he goes, "Well, the stuff I work on is state of the art." He goes in the in the Na- in the Marine Corps and the Navy. These these helicopters I'm have specialized in. They are. He goes, you know, there's there's a million ten million dollar components I hold in my hands. They're completely top notch. He says, however, (laughs) the rest of the Marine Corps is a lot of hand-me-downs from the Army and the Navy, and when they get the new stuff, we get the old stuff. Still good, but not the cutting edge. What's that like? Let's just take your helicopters, because we always are familiar. When you see a Coast Guard movie, you see a Coast Guard in a TV show, it's always the helicopter. How, How modern, how cool, and how bulletproof are those things?
1: So... Being that I don't work under the under the, on the air side of the Coast Guard, I can't say with certainty, but they're all fairly new. Um, I know our helicopters are essentially a uh, Blackhawk, just a different color scheme with different equipment really. Um, but they uh, I know our unit in San Francisco, um, we recently just overhauled one of the engines. Um, but I, I would say on average they're maybe 15, 20 years old.
0: You gotta put put it in requisition for some rockets, man. If it's in a package, <laughs> I've seen some bolt on. Go to Amazon. They gotta yep. have some. I'm bolts sure on it's rockets. on Amazon. <laughs> Would you like to upgrade your Coast Guard helicopter <laughs> to full combat ready for this kit right here? And if you have Amazon Prime, we can get it to you in one day. Have yep. all your stuff there. Well, that's uh, God. The Coast Guard, man. There's just there's so much. You know, Coast Guard is always. It's, anytime I've talked to people in the military, and i got military friends in all branches all over the world, and it's always the running joke that you kick around the Coast Guard. But when it comes down to it, when you sit with my friends, especially, I got a friend who's a a Pentagon liaison, you know, and we were growing up and he was in the army, he transferred to the Air Force because he needed to get into a certain type of intel. And, you know, of course, the running joke was the Coast Guard and the Air Force the whole time. But he, he was very candid about that at times. He goes, we were on missions and doing stuff in the military and the Coast Guard got to us first. You know, even when we're doing an exercise and something goes wrong in training, he says the Coast Guard is always on especially near Navy bases, the Coast Guard has an interactive presence where they know where you are, you know where they are. And if something happens, Coast Guards it's almost like you guys have a brotherhood that once the jokes get the jokes all get set aside when there's a need. When
1: it's time to work is it's mission comes first. I mean, and even in the Coast Guard, we call the the air, air crew guys rotor heads, and Shit. there's always that friendly banter back and back back and
0: forth. Right. But
1: when there's a mission, somebody we need to rescue somebody, we need to go do a boarding. Mission comes first, and then we can go back to bannering.
0: I I heard a story one time, and, I, and I, I I keep reiterating the fact that the running joke during the day is, you know, the Coast Guard's not, you know, they t- tug boats and plastic toys and shit. I remember a story. It was um, uh, a friend of mine who was, who's my age. And of course, he's out of the Marine Corps now. And um, I forget where he was. I want to say he was down near Pendleton and it was just, it was their day off and they were, you know, in town doing stuff and it was uh, getting towards evening and he was in a bar and, you know, there's a, it's kind of a military bar, but there was civilian people around there. And, uh, some people, some, some redneck hillbillies from inland started picking a fight and happened to be with some coast guard guys. And my friend told me, he goes, you know, the coast guard dudes were just trying to have a few beers and go, you know, go home. And they started a ruckus. And he says, you, you know, you, cause these hillbillies, he's like five or six or nine of them were picking on two coast guard guys. And he had said, he goes, coast guard guys weren't doing shit, but, these these rednecks thought nobody's going to stand up for the Coast Guard, you know, making fun of them. As soon as the first punch got thrown, there was 65 people, and it was the, it was Marines, it was Navy personnel, and they were all over them. Because when it, it comes to blows like that, or it comes, like you said, to the job, to the mission, mm-hmm. you set all the bantering aside. Yep. You guys have, there's a, there's a brotherhood in there. They're like, like dude, you're not going to do this. That was a great story for me to hear. And I was only, I was maybe 25. I thought there was no way that could be a true story. And it was. My friend was there.
1: And that's one of the things I've grown to love the most about the military is we will say the meanest things to each other's face. We will tell each other to F off, (laughs) mom jokes, you name it. We will say it to each other. But behind the scenes, you you get a phone call for as a reference. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. Squirt away. He has the discipline. No, we'll yeah. say nice things behind each other's backs, but to our faces, it's game on.
0: But you know what? I don't. I don't care about that. As long as the job gets done, mm-hmm. as long as you guys all pull together when when America needs you, who gives a shit what happens? That's your way. Let it be your way. Absolutely. Who, who are we to say? You know, run Now, let me ask you another question. This has popped in my head when you you know when you, you, you talk about different branches of the military, and we've already we've already discussed your part of homeland security. But the, in every branch of the military, there is an elite unit there's a, that takes training it's specialized, you know navy they're the seals and in army's green beret you know i get that and is there anything like that in the coast guard is there any anybody that sets aside or is it just the is it just the divers like they talk about in hollywood they romanticize that but is that real is there is there a- there
1: absolutely is um we do have some very high speed units um especially in the maritime enforcement realm um it's kind of split into two so being the coast guard we don't we don't do combat. So we have two, two sides of the Coast Guard. We have what's commonly referred to as the Blue Guard, which is our life-saving, our standard law enforcement. There you have your tacklet units. Right. Those are the guys that are going out and doing the high-risk boardings where, hey, we know there's weapons on board. We know, we know there's some type of elevated threat on this boat. Um, great group of guys, highly trained. On the other side of the Coast Guard, we have what's called the Green Guard which is where I spent the first 12 years of my Coast Guard career with a port security unit. Of the port security units, we are the only units in the Coast Guard that will deploy anywhere in the world. Within 96 hours of getting that phone call, we will be where we need to be, boots on the ground, self-sustained for 30 days.
0: You're kidding. Now, okay, hold on. Now, if you can be anywhere in the world in 96 hours for 30 days, how are you self-sustaining somewhere that far away. There's got to be some supply chain that takes care of it. Now, does, does the Navy do that for you guys? Or? No.
1: So the way the, the port security units are set up is we have everything in conks containers from our tents... Um, COTS, MREs all no the equipment way. that we
0: need you take it with you, you're ready yep. to go It's it
1: all gets loaded on, on a C-5 aircraft with the Air Force and wherever we're going, it gets offloaded you're um,
0: self-sustained then for 30 days
1: our boats go s- get trailers straight into the aircraft with the truck hooked to them they get chained down, we fly where we need to go you, they
0: drop the boat and you and you're there, yep. no you know, I never in a million years would have guessed it that's, that's, okay, I dig that that's called, that okay, you know what? I'm proud to be an American at this moment. Because <laughs> that's another, that's one more thing that's like, holy shit, I didn't know we could do that. You can deploy a, a, a complete tactical unit of the Coast Guard anywhere in the world, and you're self-sustained for 30 days no matter what. Yep. Wow.
1: Now, where the peer, port security
0: units are going to go, um, we're
1: going to be in the rear with the gear. So we're typically, we're not going to be the first boots on, on, sure. on the ground establishing,
0: um, but we're going to go and we will... Take control of an entire port. Well, and you said you're not you're not combat. So you know you let's just say that something happened in some some situation where the marines come in and seize you know help out seize a city or do something control something and there's a port. You guys would come in after. I'm not saying you're. Yep. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume you guys would come in and take over. But yet, logistically, to do your job. In a, in a foreign port you're you're there second but you're ready to go is that what it sounds like yeah
1: and we're going to take control of that port nobody's are gonna come in and out without us knowing it um, we're going to set up shoreside sh- security we're going to have our boats out on, out in the water patrol patrolling that port making sure um, all the way down to escorting uh, approved vessels in and if somebody tries to come and it's not allowed to they're gonna do what they need to do to keep them out
0: I've never in my life heard this aspect of the Coast Guard, ever? I I've, think, and I'm 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 an old guy. I've never heard that. We are uh,
1: the Coast Guard is the greatest secret in the military.
0: Unbelievable, unbelievable. That's great. I dig that, man. I'm glad you see GCT. This is why the interview process things unfold. Yep. We didn't. We didn't. You and I did not talk about this beforehand. This is just stuff that's unfolding as we go. All right. So. All right, Coast Guard's pretty badass. I know everybody kicks it around like that, but I get I get where you guys are at. So you go into this, you go through all this training, you learn all this stuff. We bring you up to speed. The Coast Guard gets you at the point where you're at. But remember, the whole the whole reason you went down this road was for a law enforcement aspect. All right. So now you get the, into the Coast Guard, you get to actually train and learn the law enforcement side. What is your first law enforcement duty? Now, is, I'm assuming it's it's first in the Coast Guard. Is that kind of like a military police or is it different? Um it is different. So being that we're in
1: a Homeland Security, we're the only military branch that actually has the powers to arrest anybody.
0: Now, um, you keep that's twice you said a military branch, but you said you're part of Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. So so there's uh there's is, there, is it correct to say it both ways?
1: It is. So okay. there's 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 two laws. Um both our federal laws uh, 14 USC 1 and 14 USC 2 one of them establishes the coast guard as a military branch and 14 USC 2 is what gives us our law enforcement powers because of those two laws that's why we can go out with the navy and do coast guard oh, missions
0: oh i get it okay
1: so it's it's written into the laws as to how we are that, able to operate
0: that is completely unique
1: it it, it that is. is
0: extremely unique all right, so get, so tell me now we're going personal. We talked about the Coast Guard as, a, as and painted with a broad brush. I got that, very cool by the way. But so give me your first your first encounter in law enforcement as a job. Now you trained in the Coast Guard for it. Yeah, I know you were talking about getting on board some civilian outfit, but was your first interaction as a civilian part of a civilian contract, or did you do some military police type of stuff in the Coast Guard?
1: So I did. Um my first actual law enforcement was in the in the Coast Guard. Um, again, I did my first twelve years at a Port Security Unit in San Francisco, where we deployed to Guantanamo Bay for nine months. Really? And we were there, um, a part of keeping uh, control of the port, working hand in hand with the the Navy's uh, Master at Arms, which is their version of MPs. Um, we worked hand in hand with them, but then uh, we why also would we never
0: have thought that Na- the, the Coast Guard would have been at Guantanamo Bay.
1: Um, we actually have a have a uh, an air station there. It's a it, really. There's a big misconception when we read these new articles that say, "Oh, they're going to shut shut down Cuba. They're going to shut down Cuba." Yeah. They're never going to shut down the naval station. They may shut down the detention camps where we are, where the United States holds prisoners, prisoners sure. and yeah. stuff like that. They that very well could get closed and changed. But,
0: but they're not going to give up Gitmo ever.
1: No, Gitmo. We are going to keep it. Forever, it's a strategically it's a point where we can refuel, resupply boats. If not, they have to come all the way back to Florida.
0: Because there's been a lot of presidents that have got sworn into office saying I'm closing it down, and again, the military people that I know that are my age in the military, and some of them have quite a bit of rank, they're like I say. Well, I call them and say, well, is this going to true?" Is it eventually? He goes, "Not a chance." They said the same thing as you. And so, we're not <laughs> giving up our position there. It's so, going to happen. And I've never confirmed this, um,
1: but I've always been been told all the way down to, so the United States, we rent that land f- from Cuba, Yeah. where we issue Cuba a check every month for it or every year, and because Cuba doesn't want us there, they don't cash it, so... Story's always been is Fidel Castro just has a, a desk floor of full of U.S. Ch- check checks
0: sitting there waiting to be cashed. He's like, we didn't cash your check. You can move out. I'm sure you're gonna say, well, make us. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna tell the the boys and then girls down to Gitmo to pack up and leave. I don't think so. You're not you're not that tough. But it's
1: a it's a, I think it's a really unique relationship we have there with Cuba because I know like. Um, the uh, the ca- captain of the base um, once a month and it rotates sometimes they'll go to Cuba one month and next month they'll be on our base and they will um, there's there's different uh, agreements in place where if we have a natural disaster they will open the gates in Cuba and let us go in there use their hospitals treat our people um, same thing on on their side if there's something
0: well and let's face it the relationship between um, the military and Cuba has changed in the last. Fifteen years, quite a bit. Drastic. And it's no longer. It's not just a pinpoint on a map during the Cold War. It's quite different now. You yes, know, we're not. It's, it's a lot of things have changed, and and for the better. I think. I think there's a lot more cooperation. I'm glad to hear that story you just told because that's good to know that there's not just this. There's not. Co- in, in, in growing up in the Cold War, all I could think of was people pointing guns at each other across a fence line twenty four hours a day. Yep, and it's not. It's not quite as hectic as that as it used to be. I think no, it's toned it's not. down some.
1: It, it is very much t- toned down all the way to uh, the story uh, we always heard on our our first trip there was uh, the captain of the base. Uh, allegedly, they don't have ice cream in Cuba, or they like the American ice cream. Yeah. So he would take ice cream from our galley, too, to the meetings and bring back cigars. That's
0: <laughs> good. Like, Man, that's good. Hey, that's if, it works, for, say, or if yeah. it works, if it builds that relationship. <laughs> I dig that. All right, so let's go back to your law enforcement now. So your, your first actual you know, job where you get to now practice what you've been trained on in law enforcement, where were you and what did you do? So
1: when I first got into real law enforcement— and there's a difference when I got hard on at my current police department. I thought I had an understanding of law enforcement because of the Coast Guard. Right. Coming into the civilian side of law enforcement was a game changer. Um, that was May 1st of 2017 when I my first day at Presidio Monterey Police Department, which is the Department of Army. Right. Um, I thought I knew something about law enforcement. <laughs> I didn't know anything, and I quickly quickly got. Uh, luckily i had very good sergeants and lieutenants to mentor me but they quickly let me know you got an eye
0: opener <laughs> yeah you don't know what you think you know so what give me some examples of things that not not necessarily I won't say they shocked you, you're a military guy, but that you went, whoa, whoa, you know, it kind of opened your eyes a little wider. Give me some examples of some things that happened right off the bat that you weren't quite ready for. So interviewing people, going to somebody's house
1: and responding to a domestic violence call and having to interview somebody, uh, a victim and a subject and figure out who did, was a crime committed, who committed it, and how was it committed?
0: And they say that the, uh, all law enforcement that I've talked to all over the country says domestic violence, domestic abuse calls are the scariest ones because you don't – the the situation is still volatile and something's going to happen. That's one of the biggest – but percentage-wise, it's one of the biggest areas that officers get injured is on domestic calls.
1: It is by far the most volatile call we can ever go to. Wow. Um, and it's just because you're going into – Somebody's always having the worst day of their life, um, but the things that people keep in their homes, a lot of people have guns. Yeah. There's knives in the kitchen. Yep.
0: there's Any blunt object in your, in your living room could be a weapon to hit somebody Man, you'd with. have to be aware of your surroundings while you're doing your job every second you're there. Absolutely. Wow. So, let me, okay, let me ask you this then, because you're still, now this is, you're a military guy. You've been trained in military law enforcement, so your first job is with a civilian police department. Is that right? Yes, it is. But it's operated in the Presidio on an army on an army installation. Yes, so it is the former Fort Ord base, which closed down in the early
1: to mid mid nineties. Right. Um, Fort Ord closed, but the army still retained all the property. Sure. Now, over the years, the army or the government has receded a lot of the land back to to the cities, um, whether it be Marina, seaside, Monterey. Right. But they still have an actual military base in Monterey, which is the Defense Language Institute, where they teach, uh, I believe it's somewhere around 40 different languages to...
0: Oh, linguistic stuff. Yeah, cool.
1: And they teach anything from Russian, Farsi, Middle Eastern, um, Chinese, Arabic, uh, French, Spanish... Russian. So
0: is that where is that where you, that's okay. Let me I'm, and I'm just trying to remember. Dumb mechanic middle of the desert. I use $3 words, keep it simple. So when you when you get this job and you're you're a military guy, law enforcement, now you're on a military installation still, mm-hmm. the remnants of the Presidio and Fort Ord, are you part of a civilian law enforcement unit?
1: Yes. You are. Everybody who works at our
0: agency is a civilian. Then how do how do you get civilians to work at a military? I mean, I know that happens all the time with contractors and stuff, but you know, I just I just wouldn't. Why wouldn't the military just have military police? Just get a bunch of army guys and slap MP on their shoulders and tell them to go to work. So that is something that the army
1: changes and they move around. So the army still has the MPs, and you go out to brag the the fort drum, the big basis. Right, um, the MPs are still very much there, very much active. Um, I believe once once the Ford War closed, that's when the MPs were pulled away because now it's such a small entity that those assets
0: can be used okay. elsewhere. Okay, but then when you go out to, let's say, a domestic call, are you being called out to any uh, uh, Joe Blow's house or is that a military... If they say, hey, this is a military house with a soldier and his wife and they're in a dispute, okay, don't call the San Francisco PD or the Monterey PD. Call call you guys. Do you go out because it's a military person, or do you do you just go out to anybody's house for any reason at any time? Anybody's
1: house for any reason. Really? So if you're if you're within our jurisdiction, so our powers of rest are granted to us through the garrison commander who's a colonel. Okay. Um at any time, he can take those powers away from us. But if it's in our jurisdiction, it is ours. And all the way down to we have relationships with the Monterey County uh, communicate, Emergency Communications. So if somebody calls because still, 911 still works, right. they will forward that call to our dispatch center.
0: All right. So, again, stacking things up like pancakes in my head, you're a military guy, part of a, a military uh, a branch, uh, and Homeland Security, you train in law enforcement. You get a job on a military installation in Fort Ord as under the guise of a of a civilian police force, and you don't just go out for military calls. You go out to anyone in the jurisdiction.
1: Or when the base itself closed down in the early nineties, um, they never built a fence again. So now. Our housing our housing is really unique. So it's we have five housing areas in the actual city of Seaside right. that anybody can live in. Military, civilian, retired DOD, um, anybody can. Um, they're required to keep so many houses available for, for the military at any given time. Right. And then over in Monterey, we have another housing section that uh, I believe the property is technically owned by the Navy.
0: But there's no fence anymore. But there's
1: no fence. So- and we can get a phone call. We might not know there's anybody there there's a nexus in the military until we get there. Until you we start get there, I- yeah. d- identifying people.
0: Wow. That's just uh okay. So there so you you go on every call. Mm-hmm. So you get there now. Let's go back to my question. What were some of the eye-opening things that you got to? So domestic, you come in and you're in the middle. You, obviously, not, you don't have a lot of domestic calls on a cutter ship out in the Pacific when you're doing. So now you're here. You're getting these kind of calls. What was one of the toughest, scariest, eye-opening phone calls you had to respond to in the very beginning?
1: In the very beginning, um, I was like still like,
0: "Oh my god, I don't, I don't know if I want to go do this or not."
1: <laughs> I- (laughs) I was still in field training officer. Um, uh, My FTO at the time was uh, still a a green FTO. And it was actually the same same DV that I was thinking about. Um, It was all civilians and... I remember, and I'd probably been at the apartment for maybe maybe four or five weeks. Wow! I'm still fresh out of, fresh. Out of the academy, green. like green. <laughs> I got no idea what's what's going on. Yeah. And this particular call, um, there was about three young children in you, from ages five down. Um, two females inside the house. So the husband had been drinking. We walk in. There's fist holes through the bathroom door Wow! Um, and he'd actually fled before we got there. And one of the other sergeants had came from a, a different route because when we respond, we're, we're coming from multiple angles. So if somebody flees, we can try to catch him. Sure, yeah. Um, caught him running down, down the road. Um, I remember when they brought him back, he had blood all over his, all over his hands from, from the punching different things. And it was just the utter shock of it all. Um, he might've even been in the, one of them was in the military I think the actual lease holder was in the military and these were guests who were temporary staying there while they were in the process of moving. Wow. And just the other chaos inside that house was just.
0: Was there uh, kids involved in that one?
1: Um, no kids were hurt. They were just inside the house at the time in their bedrooms playing. Um, but, uh, and it's the weird things that you get hung, hung up on. I remember that was the first time I had walked into another person's home that I wasn't invited in, right? And it was a military, and I always had this impression in my mind based off of basic training that everybody in the military we're clean. We we make our beds, we do we sure. do all these things, and you walk in and you just see chaos, uh, just dirty wow. dishes in the sink. This is broken over here, and Stuff I was like, that "Would
0: not fly on base."
1: Yeah, now and you're like, "What did I just walk
0: into?" It's you are walking. You know, that's a, I wouldn't have thought of that, but now that I'm. I'm processing what you're saying. You are actually walking into someone else's home. Mm -hmm. This is where they sit and watch TV. This is where they put out their cigarettes in their own ashtray. This is their life, and you've just intruded on it. I guarantee you weren't welcome. You know, you was like you you are you're forcibly going into someone else's life that you like. You just said that's the key word you just said for me. You were uninvited. You were not invited to that situation. You know, yeah, that's a. What an odd feeling to have being in there for the first time.
1: And and you do kind of get immune to that feeling over time, um, all the way to, like, you do get some phone calls. Like, uh, we also have uh, the university right next to us. Well, the college kids used to come rent houses and live there while they were going to school. (laughs) And it never fails at every college party. There's always somebody who's pre-law. You can't come into my house. Watch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you got to love those kids. It's a pre-law, and they're going to tell you how to do your job. Awesome. Uh, You ever been involved in a situation where there was a weapon? Um, Yes, that was actually my first use of force. Um, Couldn't have
1: gotten into it with a better beat parter. Um, I was a, a sergeant at the time. Um, And it was uh, one of our officers, and we actually responded from Seaside to the base. It was a uh, service member who was having some mental health issues.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And he had a, uh, I think it was about a six-inch fixed blade knife that he was cutting his hands with. Um, And he was going over to all of his friends' rooms and hitting their windows, smearing blood on it. And we ended up finding him behind the gym on the track field. Luckily, when we both got out of the car, we saw him drop the knife, but when we are coming up to it, that was the – every call you go to where you have something like that, you get this gut feeling where like today might be the day I have to use deadly force. Right. And it's not a pleasant feeling. Um, it's something that's why we, t- we train for it. That's why we go to the ranges. It's yeah. why we do do all this training, because, but it's such a scary thing, and if he hadn't dropped that knife – it could have gone very, very differently
0: well you did say you didn't say this is the first time you had to use deadly force you said this is the first time use of force so mm-hmm. i'm guessing you still had to subdue the guy
1: yes <laughs> it ended up being a res- wrestling match on the, on the ground um by the time we got him on the ground he was still resisting the whole way my partner got his legs legs wrapped up and twisting was sitting on him i got him in, in arm bars we got him cuffed um and he had he had all the fight in the world. He kept going on when the firemen got there because uh, we wanted to get him medically checked sure, out. Yeah, say hey, did we did we hurt him during this? So we can document it all. Right. Um, all the way to he was calling all of our fire guys who were happened to be white. He was calling them the N word, <laughs> and, and we're all like, that doesn't That's even a make excuse, guys. Yeah. Um, let
0: me ask you this: What if you rolled up on a call to a higher ranking officer than you? What happens if a you roll up and there's a let's say you know a a, a dispute in the parking lot or a domestic dispute, but the guy outranks you? What do you do then? I still conduct business
1: as I would. You and, have to. And if he wants to push it, I'm more than happy to say, "Well, would you like to speak to the garrison commander?" I have his number right here.
0: Because really, what if, you know, you roll up on a captain or something. It's a higher rank than you. He tells you to stand down. You know, you're not going to arrest me. You're not going to discuss me if I'm, if I'm having a problem with my wife and kids in my house. I don't care if the neighbors called you. Technically, I mean, if you're off base, does he still outrank you off base? Um, no. So because I, I'm, a, I'm a Sylvan,
1: so his, his rank doesn't mean anything to me. And he can try to order me all he wants, but it's technically it's an unlawful order. And oh. at the at the end of the day, I know. But the the way the army does it is it's pretty cool. So yes, the garrison commander is in charge of us. But our uh, our actual rank structure is at a completely different base installation. Oh, so okay. nobody there has any rank on me. We're not in the chain chain, chain of command. Um, the only person who can te- technically tell me anything to do is the garrison commander. But it's and that's because it's his base, right. his dirt. He controls it.
0: Right. All right. So you, I get where you're going. Now, How long have you been doing the, in, in this particular job, which I'm not going to describe it again, because as far as I'm concerned, being a civilian, that's complicated <laughs> on, who's, on how you got to where you're at in the layers of who's doing what and where off base, on base, military, not military. I get that. How long have you been doing that particular job now?
1: I have been doing it six years and I'm still learning. And it's hard because not only do we enforce federal, we enforce state law, and we enforce the uniform – or UCMJ, uh, Uniform Military Code of Justice. Right. So we have – so as a police officer here in Bakersfield, they just have to worry about the state laws. Right. We have three sets of laws we've got to look up, and based on those circumstances – charge appropriately
0: uh, apply them mm-hmm. at, by by situation yes wow that's if you guys didn't have enough to worry about you got to think about that stuff too um so if you if you're working as a civilian in a civilian capacity on law enforcement when do you have to you're still active in the coast guard right yep.
1: so i do How do, you do both jobs i do the coast guard reserves so one week a month, two weeks uh, of active duty years, the minimum requirements per my, my contract with the Coast Guard. Right. I do more because I love it. Um, there is There's federal laws that protect anybody who is a reservist in the military. My job is protected. They cannot fire me. They cannot discriminate against me. If I go on active duty orders for six months, they're required to hold my position. Uh, wow. If my position was to, if the company was to go, hey, we're actually doing away with this position, they have to give me a position of equal rank and equal pay when I return.
0: But see, you know, the good part about it is that's, you know, I like hearing that because I know you. So I know you're not saying that out of arrogance. You're saying, I want to work. Mm-hmm. work. I want to work. I want I want a job. Don't, you know, don't, don't cut me loose. Don't eliminate me. Give me something else. You're not asking to, well, send me home and give me the pay. Sorry, you're saying, give, give me a job, man. Let me let me keep working. And in my 13
1: years, I, I've discovered it's not. It's typically not the companies that are the issue. Yeah. Um, it's going to be individuals who. They don't like the military or they don't like the headache that it comes with. Well, now I have to find some a way to staff your position. Like, right. And I get that. There's a the challenges. But I would say 97% of the time, it's just a an education part that, hey, this is actually here's what the laws say. And once you explain it and teach them, they're like, oh, OK, I get it now. Um, so most people, yeah. it's not a problem. Um, and there's some really great companies out there that are do take care of their service members um, I know like some of the railroads when we deployed the first time um, it was either Union Pacific or um, uh, BNSF yeah they paid the guy his his salary while he was deployed plus the Coast Guard paid him and Far they out. didn't bad an eye I'm like that's that's awesome
0: That's taking care of your people yeah that's and, and care that's care and to areas. them that's that's what
1: it was is no yeah. we're gonna take care of you you're doing something great for our country we're gonna make sure you're whole
0: how many bases, okay, how many branches of military, not, not, just, not just people that live near you, like how many branches of the military are within your grasp of things you'd have to surf, service?
1: So we have five. No. So we have the Army. What area in the world
0: has five in the same area?
1: And, and that's where it sometimes gets fun and, and confusing. So we have the Army, we have the Navy, Air Force, Marines and then we even have have the coast guard on base and then plus you have uh, have a small coast guard small boat station right there in Monterey that sometimes there's a little bit of bleed over because they live in our in our housing and yeah. they have nothing to do with us
0: so what... Okay, so which one, just in general, which one's the tougher ones to deal with? When you get a call out there, are you hoping you don't show up and it's a Marine? Are you hoping you don't show up it's an Air Force guy? I mean, which one tends to give you the most uh, resistance when you show up to one?
1: I would say... It's probably the Army who who shoot the mouth off the, the most. Yeah. Um, the Marines, I think, are the funnest because usually there's alcohol <laughs> involved and usually somebody's <laughs> running around naked doing something stupid. you're like, how how did you think this was a good idea tonight?
0: who who dared you? Yeah, who dared you to take off your clothes and put that on your head and run around the street Yeah <laughs> Well that's that guy I, I would have if I had to guess, and I know a lot of jarheads. I would have assumed don't ever show up to a bunch of Marines at a barbecue. <laughs> There's a problem, but the Army's the one who shoots off their mouth the most. Well, you know, other than the pre-law college guys that yep. shoot off their mouth, other than those guys, what's the what's the most difficult? Okay, do you have to drag? I'm going to ask you this in kind of a generic way. Do you have to? Can you can you have can you end up in a situation where you have to separate guys and drag them back to the base and turn them into either the brig, or to the uh, an officer, and go look. He's he's you got. We get brought him back to the base. Do something with him. Put him in the barracks. Do you, um, do, you do that ever?
1: Yes, yes, but so we don't have have a brig, um, and we do have we have holding cells at, at our department. But due to state requirements, we just temporarily hold you in here for maybe thirty minutes an hour, basically while we're finishing up your paperwork.
0: Just to process.
1: Just to process you until tell you we're going to take you to county jail. Um, but the service members. Um, we do take them back to their chain of commands. Um, I've had, had other agencies around us, um, like Carmel PD was one of them, where they called said, hey, we caught one of your guys' service members with a DOI. Um, we're short staffed. We don't have time to take him to county. Can we turn
0: him over to you guys? Well, see, that's what I was wondering if you just if 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 there's a big ruckus and things finally calm down, if you put everybody in the proverbial paddy wagon and drive around and push off the three navy guys and go, these guys belong to you. Here's your navy guys. Drive over to the army. Here's your four army guy. Yeah, I mean, you're you're around. There's got to be some logistics about that. Do you ever find yourself returning sailors and going, look, we're not doing pressing charges. Just, this, just get this guy out of here.
1: Um. So yes and no. It kind of depends on the situation. So. In law enforcement, you have a lot of discretion, um, especially uh, traffic stops. Um, right. I don't know. You ever been pulled over where you got a warning? Yeah, sure. That's a discretion, right? Um, he could have gave you a ticket,
0: but decided yeah. based
1: based on his interaction with you. Decided, hey, education is going to be the better route today. Um, and i don't think this person's going to do it again
0: yeah but in bigger situations when you guys are called out and i i hate i hate saying this but every time i ask you a question about being called out I'm sorry. I picture uh, an old Willie's Jeep with seven guys with white helmets and white armbands and billy clubs, you know, running in to break up the bar fight. I know you're very clear on that's not what's happening, but I promise a lot of the listeners are feeling that way too <laughs> yep. when we talk about you going out there. So when I wasn't just kidding when I said the old paddy wagon, and I guarantee there's half the audience listening later is going, What's a paddy wagon? But the idea was was that in when you have discretion do you ever find yourself returning you know uh, enlisted men going just take to the gate go to the <laughs> go to the gate of the navy base and go here's your guy man get you know sober him up and put him back where he's supposed to be that that ever happen
1: um absolutely
0: um all the way down
1: to probably the like the most common one that I always seem to get stuck with is the service member who went out to the bar in downtown Monterey walked back and took a nap on the grass, and somebody (laughs) found him. Found him
0: drunk and passed
1: that. Yeah, and I'm like, sure, I could charge you with drunk in public, but you weren't doing anything malicious. You weren't trying to break anything. Come
0: on, let's go get in the car, and I'll go drop you. And I think every guy in America has has been woke up by sprinklers at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. What am I doing here? You know, not, not causing a problem. Well, that's good, that's good to know that there's a lot of times you can just go, come on, dude. Letting you, I I I would hope you take him back to the to the to the guys at the gate and go Here, here's your guy. <laughs> it, and for me and my experience, it's all about
1: the intent. What did I catch you doing? Did you were you intentionally trying to break into this building or did you just? Ah, Wrong place, wrong time. When to I, I to
0: saw you, to sleep and get out of the rain. <laughs> yeah, so
1: if you were if you weren't trying to do anything bad, then cool. I'll just take you back to your chain of command. Hey, you can sort it out with the sergeant in the morning. And I'm a firm believer in being that there's so many laws that we can enforce, especially in my mind, the today's generation that you see in the military. Right. There's something way more productive about having that sergeant take him out to the tree line. And PT them until they puke. Versus, yeah. here's a two hundred dollar ticket. I'll see you in
0: court. No, I'm with you on that. I think that's. Uh, I think that's uh, that's. I got to tell you, that's more old school thinking. You know, millennial Gen Z is. You know, sign the ticket. You know, mm-hmm. see you in court. And you know, older generation stuff is. I'm work your ass until you remember this day. Yep. I think I'm with you on that. I got. Has there ever been a time when you have had a call and you may have to? If it's not often, you may have to really think. Has there ever been a time when you rolled out on something with you and a partner, and you immediately knew you had to call for backup? Oh yes, really,
1: absolutely. Um, and there's it's, that's kind of something that it's a sense that you get over time. Yeah. Um, the more traffic stops you do, you'll you'll pull somebody over. Um, and you just have a, a, just a weird feeling about it.
0: Really? Just, 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 just the, some, the moment you're there, mm-hmm. you just, is it just because of a combination of the car, the person and the area you're in? Is it just a, a vibe?
1: It, it's a vibe. And the way it was always explained to me is this. And yes, in the grand scheme of things, we want to say, Oh, the police don't profile. We, but i right I, I think we criminally profile
0: well i think you get i think you get a sense of what's going on is that really profiling if you're all of a sudden afraid because you know mm-hmm. you get a sense of something going on
1: and, and well the example that was uh, given to me you have 3 cars identical yeah the first car has an elderly cu- couple in it they drive up they run a stop sign Second car runs the same stop sign, but you can clearly see it's a mom-dad. You can see two kids in the back seat. Right. Third car comes up, and you see... Four, four males in it you see people that they've have, have gang gang there, paraphernalia dark glasses just dark glasses <laughs> and you're like of these three cars which one is probably up to something they're yeah, not supposed to get
0: that to. yeah that's i don't think that's profiling as much as it is situational awareness of your surroundings yes all right so what'd you have to do to call for backup well, give me give me something that happened where you immediately called for backup didn't say it went bad but if it did i want to know that story first
1: so the one that i had um <laughs> it was. Uh, it actually ended up being being a good one. Uh, I s- pulled a guy over for having window tint on his front dr- driver window. Right. And just something about it, where I made the U turn right behind him, turned on my lights. He had at least a half mile where there's a uh, bus lanes. He plenty of room for him to pull over in a safe place. And he didn't didn't pull over for about a good mile, all wow. the way to point where I'm starting to go. Okay, are you not seeing me? Or are you doing this on purpose? Right. What What are you doing right now? So I instantly went ahead. It happened to be my my watch commander at that time who came and re- responded. It Just so happens this individual was a. Um, I can't think of the word, where they don't believe in the Constitution of the United States. Um, They're traveling on the road. They're not driving. um,
0: Right, not on a highway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When they set the Constitution aside, it goes mm -hmm. to pre-constitutional rules of liberty.
1: (laughs) Yes. And me and this guy, and I literally was just going to give him education because I don't really care if you have window tint. Um, Most traffic stops are... More about curiosity of who's in that car. Right. What are you doing? Right. All right, cool. You got winter tent. Hey, you know it's illegal. That's all it was.
0: Yeah, go fix your tent.
1: <laughs> and then after he started, because... There's as law enforcement changes over time. It used to be you didn't tell people why you pulled them over. You would ask them, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" And you're kind of hoping that they're going to admit to something that you <laughs> didn't know. Yeah,
0: but the, the dead body in my trunk. Yeah, is that, is that why you pulled me over? Uh, but
1: now it's it's you. You walk up, you introduce yourself, who, what department you're with, and you tell them, "Hey, I pulled you over for this." Right. And instantly, the argument was on. That's unconstitutional. You can't do this. That's illegal. You're doing a false arrest. I'm like, okay, this is where this is go. I mean, that and that was the longest traffic stop. But I did the probably guy?
0: Would you had to call for backup for that? Did the guy? Was it just to argue, or did you think the guy was going to turn on you?
1: So he was very aggressive um, all the way down to where he was throwing stuff in his car. But what really got me concern is when i ran his driver's license he came back on and i this was the first and only time i've ever heard it on federal probation for cocaine
0: federal probation
1: which i didn't know existed and usually like if you're on probation it'll tell you what what the crime was yeah this just said cocaine uh, i was like
0: yeah what federal probation that's a that's a that's, a, that's like a uh, that's a thing where you got, you got caught flying a low-level airplane over the, the swamps of Louisiana and dropping bricks of cocaine to get yeah. picked up in pontoon boats and you got caught He,
1: he was involved in into something um, after after a good 20 minutes of arguing with this guy and well so in California there's a vehicle code uh, tw- I think it's 23302 something like that where if you refuse to sign that citation, then i am to take you before a magistrate immediately which he was fine with but he also didn't realize that it was a saturday afternoon there wasn't
0: anybody in the shop till monday
1: <laughs> exactly and i was like and i pointed out to him this is not at your convenience it's when the judge is yeah, ready yeah
0: when for he's you. ready
1: and finally he ended up putting an and x on, on the ticket which was good enough so i can get him on on, on his way
0: You ever been shot at? I have not. That's good.
1: I, and I'm very, very glad with that. Um, being that we're such a small agency, for the most part, we don't have a lot of violent crime. The worst thing we have is domestic violence. Right. Um, where we are at, we're very kind of a, a unique location, not just in our jurisdiction, how we operate, but we are the back road between Salinas, which... Tons of gang activity. Um, Soledad State Prison is not that far away, so you got more more gangs. We're kind of like this thoroughfare for but all these other back agencies roads. That agencies concentrate
0: on those things yep. too.
1: But we we catch them a lot on on our roadways, so we'll we'll do traffic stops on right. them, um, and that leads to a lot of probation shirts, different things. Um,
0: do you call other the other agencies for backup on those and say we got this guy here? He's kind of your. Do you do you ever call probation officers or parole officers and say? We got this guy on the side of the road in cuffs where, you know, he gave us an issue. We're searching his car. Come get him. You ever turn anybody over that way?
1: No, not so much that way. Um, we will call uh, different agencies for, for assistance from time to time, but it's more of like, Hey, this is what I have. Um, have you guys had contact with him? Um, Cause there, there's a, a law enforcement program where you can put out messages and it might, you, there might be a message for this, a contact message for this guy that says, Hey, if he stopped, um, complete a, a field interview and contact officer. So-and-so with this agency. Right. Uh, And it's because he, they, he might be suspected of another crime in another city or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but being that we're the Army, we have a lot more money, that our staffing is a lot higher. So like on any given shift, we have anywhere from four to five people working, even at nighttime. Uh, the city of Seaside, they might have three officers on for the entire night wow. in a much bigger city with a much bigger population.
0: You ever had an altercation where you with a woman where you had to fight a woman or wrestle a woman to the ground and and do you or do you call a female officer and go i don't I don't want to get in trouble here come come wrestle her to the ground because she's being a little contentious
1: um I know i've ever since since I made lieutenant I know we've had it, but I've never physically had had to really wrestle a, a female um at least not that I can
0: think of um because that's always a thing you think about in the news today is that if you get, if you're a law, you, it, it, law enforcement has to walk around in eggshells all the time now anyway because of all the crap that's gone on in this country a bunch of liberal people pushing the wrong fucking agenda but the idea is is that when you uh, when you get to that situation. I would be scared to even approach a female. Even it's a, I'd call somebody and go, get a, get a woman cop out here. I can't do this. So a lot of times, yes,
1: um, we're fortunate. We do have a couple female officers, and if you do need to do search, they'll come and help you. Um, I'm not one to shy away from it, um, not because I want to grope grop females not, or anything you, like that. How,
0: do you, how did you get past the fear of being sued? Because they're just going to say something, man. What do you do then?
1: I, I'm always going to have a witness. I'm always going to do it on a camera. Um I'm always going to make sure I'm protected. Just do why your job. Just do my job. I'm not there to, to cop a feel.
0: I'm not, it's just tough, man. It's a tough it, situation. It is. And you're trying to do your job, and you know that they're going to turn this around on you if they can.
1: And unfortunately, not all, but there's a, a lot of females that law enforcement contacts, you wouldn't want to cop a feel. No, they're 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 homeless. They're they they've had they've had they have things like okay, let's get through this as fast as we can. It's it's not like we're out searching su- supermodels. We're like, oh no,
0: yeah, no. The woman comes up and says, I think that officer's gonna rape me. And you look back, and go trust me, you're fine. You're in no no danger. <laughs> Well, so now let's let's so we go through the stuff and where you're at. You know, you're born and raised, and you're in law enforcement, but you end up in the Coast Guard. Then you get into the Coast Guard's law enforcement. Now you're detached and you're out doing the civilian thing on a military base. You still are part of the Coast Guard. You mentioned to me when I first met you, we we had lunch that day, that now you you I don't know whether you. I guess I'll just pose it as a question. How much on the recruitment side are you helping with? Because you talked a little bit about advertising, a little bit about recruitment. You and I talked today. You brought some materials, mm-hmm. some things. Is it is that that can't be part of your law enforcement duties? No, it's not. So that's one of the really cool things about the reserves
1: is um, we have a, a page we can go to, and the Coast Guard will solicit its needs for our, to to help active duty. Um, so it, and you get anything from people that want to break from their job their college their, or they just have kind of a, a dead end meaningless job. That's not really a career yeah. Or the coast guard is going to pay more. So we can go into this website and, um, and that's actually what I ended up doing for, uh, I just worked, finished six months of orders at our Fresno recruiting office as the, uh, recruiting office assistant. Um, when we did anything from different events, going to high schools, talking to kids and it's something as the coast guard, Kozar says everybody's a recruiter, which they finally made that true. Um, if I, anybody that I bring in now that my orders are have ended, yeah. I can earn uh, a letter of accommodation for it, which is very helpful because I now also get an advancement point. So when I'm sitting to make chief, those points can move me sure. higher up on the list. Yeah. So it's it's very productive, but. Uh, but you seem to like
0: talking about it too. You
1: seem it to- was. So much fun to go out and talk to these kids and show them the different opportunities that are available to them. And cause you don't know what everybody's needs are. Right. Um, so, some families they they might have have that college fund set up to send their kids to a CSU and do whatever. Um, some some parents might have served in the military where they've handed down that GI Bill. Right. There's a lot of families that they don't have the means means to go to college to get that higher education to pursue that career they want. And that's where the military branches are great. Um, I always, I'm always gonna say the Coast Guard's better than the other branches because
0: I love our jobs. <laughs> right. What's well, your job to push back a little mm-hmm. bit? You guys get a lot of crap from them, so it's your job to push back. <laughs> but I,
1: I think the, the jobs the Coast Guard have are much more related to civilian jobs. Um, all the way down to so we have mechanics where you're gonna work on diesel engines. Um, not only are we going to teach you the basics at your, your A school, then we're going to send you to specialty schools put on by Honda and Yamaha to specifically work on that engine that wow. they make for that boat. Yeah. So now you're going to know the ins and outs of that engine. Um, you have damage control men. We're going to teach you how to weld. Um, you're going to learn carpentry skills.
0: You guys have to have some, probably, i would guessing, you'd have to have some fire control mm-hmm. teams too that do some stuff where you learn the basics on that.
1: Well, and that's the part of the thing that makes us so unique. Is So in the Coast Guard, we have 20 or 20, 21 different jobs you can do. But being that we're so small, those jobs become very broad. Yeah. Um, the Army, if your job is to empty trash cans, you are going to be excellent at emptying trash cans because that's your job. Now, the Coast Guard, you might have to empty trash cans, wipe down the tables, and vacuum the office because – there's just not enough of us to complete everything, but right. that's where it's so cool. Is so like me as a maritime enforcement, yes, my primary function is law enforcement. When we go out and do a boarding, um, if I go through the certifications and I can, I can become, um, I'm basically a medic for my team. So I'll carry the medic bag. Um, and if somebody slips, falls, my job will be to treat them, provide them with care. Or if we find somebody injured on, on the boat, boat, yeah. It, and it could be anything from splinting a broken arm to um, all kinds of just stuff happens on any, that, yeah. anything. So, yes, I'm there for law enforcement, but now all of a sudden I'm filling a medical role. Um, that's what's so cool about – yes, you're always going to have your primary job, but if you want to get qualified and certified in different things, 100%, you're going to.
0: So do you find the kids are responsive to this? Because I, I got to go back to the 80s when I was in high school and, you know, arrogant and stupid – but if a guy like you had to come in to talk about the Coast Guard, I don't think I would have even listened. And, you know, this is because I'm young and stupid, of course, but do you find kids are responsive to what you're saying? I
1: think once we actually get to sit down at a table and talk to them, they're very responsive. It's getting that engagement because most people, we still run into people who go, the Coast Guard, what's that? They've never heard of the Coast Guard. Really? And I'm like, okay, I get it. We're small, but maybe expand out of your bubble a little bit. You
0: know, I got a movie you can carry in D V D if you want to show them all about the Coast Guard. <laughs> Ashton Kirchy would give us copies for free if you I'm sure you he know, would. If you need to, you know, let him know what the Coast Guard's all about.
1: Um but in it's there either the way the Coast Guard it's I think what makes us better and where a lot of our, our people succeed is it's the jobs that we do because it is majority of our stuff ties back into the civilian world. Yeah. Um like the staff sergeant you you were talking about, yes, he's a a pilot or a mechanic on on helicopters. Some of those skills coming back to the civilian sector are going to transfer over very well. Um, not all of them will. Not
0: as much when you're not as much like when that, you specialize no, like that. You know, like in
1: my brother-in-law is an example. He was a mechanic in the army. Worked on forklifts, Humvees, all kinds of stuff. It took him the better part of 10 years of being a diesel mechanic at different shops before he got the qualifications he needed and the skills to be able to get to the shops that he wanted to work at, like right. like Caterpillar sure. and John Deere. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the Coast Guard does such a better job at bridging that gap is most of the schools we go to are civilian certified or you have civilian
0: instructors. It sounds like when you go talk to these kids, you're... It doesn't sound – maybe this is true for all the platforms, but it sounds like you're better sitting at a lunch table with five or six of them than you'd be at a podium in an auditorium.
1: It absolutely is. Um, But it's it's challenging in itself, too, because some schools have different rules because other recruiters have ruined it for others. Sure. Um, All the way to where we've been to schools where – they straight up told us we will not let the Navy in here because of something that one of the recruiters did or said to a student. Wow. Um, parents found out, complaints were filed. Um, so it, it is very challenging. So you, you're you constantly always building that network with the schools and the you people gotta, that you, you gotta, work you're with. You're
0: building your own reputation. Mm-hmm. I bet the first words out of your mouth in that situation was we're not part of the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear on that.
1: <laughs> um, But and it just depends like, and it's hard. So like the Fresno office our area of responsibility was 12 counties. So we cover from Bakersfield pretty much all the way to Modesto and all the way to
0: the coast. Why on earth would you have a Coast Guard office in Fresno? Cuz it's
1: oceans 300 miles away, man. <laughs> it's it's the biggest biggest city in the central valley or at least population wise.
0: So what? It's, there's no ocean. We don't mm-hmm. need you guys there, man. There's no Coast Guard need. <laughs> so good good secret here. So Bakersfield? Yeah. It
1: is a honeypot for the Coast Guard. You're kidding. It is our, for the Fresno office, it is one of our number one places to recruit where we find people that want to join.
0: If that's true, I want to tell you why. Because when you sit down with these kids and your brochures of these boats in the ocean, they're going to say, What's the big blue body of water? And you're (laughs) going to say, That's called the Pacific Ocean, and you've never seen it before. Yep. That's how you're getting them. You're just, you're getting kids who've never seen the ocean. Oh, that's that's funny. You guys don't do anything in lakes, do you? Yes, we do. You do. Come on. Now, whoa. Okay, not the Great Lakes. I would see the Great Lakes, but you don't do anything in in lakes, lakes, right?
1: Tahoe. You do? Seriously? And I think Lake Havasu. So any lake that crosses state lines becomes federal jurisdiction.
0: No. I did not know that.
1: No, we don't do a lot in Tahoe. Um, Tahoe's probably set up more so for uh, search and rescue. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Because all the sheriff's departments there also have their dive teams, their boat units. Yeah. So you have five agencies there on the on the
0: lake, like. But still, I didn't know there was. That's a thing that if the lake crosses a, a border. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm racing in my head. There's not too many, but yeah, you're right. Tahoe's Tahoe's one.
1: Tahoe, um, the Mississippi River, Missouri River. Um, we have have buoy tenders on, up up on there that help make sure that the you the navigate boats, on
0: those. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? What? So,
1: one of the, that's one of the Coast Guard's primary missions is aids to navigation. Yeah. We make sure all the buoys are lit up correctly, that they're in the correct location so that those boats can make it through this, the right channels without yeah. running aground. They don't hit bridges, um, all, all that good stuff.
0: Seriously. I had no idea that was a thing. Far out, man. Well, I don't know how I can help you. We, we've done this, is, I got to tell you, this has been one of the best interviews I've done. I can't believe it's been an hour and seven minutes and it went by so fast. And you got so much experience and knowledge and, and, and it flowed right. We could probably sit here another hour. But I'm telling you that it's, a, it's fascinating, some of the stuff I learned from you today. Absolutely enthralling. I, I would
1: say when I came to this interview, the, the one thing that I really wanted to leave the listeners with is if you have kids that are about to graduate high school or in their junior year, Make sure they give themselves as many opportunities as available. Apply it for the colleges. Look at the junior colleges, the trade schools. Find out if you're eligible for military enlistment. And don't just stop at one, one branch because dad or grandpa was in the Army. Go talk to them all and then look at which one's going to help you succeed in the career that you want. I would um, agree. If, if, if you're super smart and you want to work with nuclear stuff, that's the Navy all day long. Yeah. But if you want to do life saving and do um, anything kind of like first responder, the Coast Guard might be a great asset for you. Um, just to, as the Marines, they have certain jobs that are going to be what you want.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Calder King, I am so thankful you took the time to drive down here. I mean, I, you, that was a, We talked about it months ago, but I'm so glad. You know, I wasn't sure how this was going to go, and I'm completely impressed with you and uh, everything you've done and the stuff you're still doing and the, the things you got to put up with and the the that I think that right now the I'll probably remember more as the time goes on but when you when you said that you have to you got to roll up to a call and you have to assess a situation and think of several books of laws that have to apply by who you're engaging with <coughs> what property you're standing on it's like it gets tough enough to just be a cop let alone you got to be a law student in your head and try to sort this stuff out. I, I couldn't do it. That's a young man's game. It's not mine. I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you so much. I'm
1: glad to be here finally.
0: Hey, you guys, listen, I'm going to sign off and get out of here. That was That's one of the best interviews we've ever done. I'm going to have to find a way to promote that where everybody gets to listen because each one of you guys know somebody that needs to hear this. You guys all know somebody that needs to to, to listen to this message because there was a lot of stuff in here. There was more information in this one probably than anything we've done so far. Listen, i got to get out of here. My time is up. And my wife's going to come banging on the studio door, demanding that I start my chores and my honey loot do list, and so I don't want to mess that up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Not sure what part of the world you're tuning in from. Maybe listening AM, FM, Sirius XM, or perhaps on the Armed Service Radio Network. Remember two things wherever you go. There you are, and I'll catch you guys on the flip side.